Hello and welcome to today's podcast, another one of our dental business transaction podcasts. And I have pleasure in inviting along Eddie Crouch, chairman of the BDA. Um, Eddie, welcome. I hope you're well. I'm very well, thanks, Lily. Yeah, lovely to see you again. I know we planned an autumn catch-up, but it's we've morphed more into the winter now, so there we go. Um, now, today we've got quite a few subjects to rattle through, but just briefly, uh, headline things we are going to discuss today. Workforce, um, targets for NHS, contract handbacks and procurement of contracts, contract reform, and let's talk a bit about DDRB. For those of the uninitiated, that's Doctors' Dentist Review Board, correct? Is it board or body at the end? It, it, it's body. D- de- doctors it's body. and Dentists Review Body, yes. Got you. Okay. Also, a bit about health and social care bill, new structures in the NHS, and finally, changes at the GDC. Oh, gosh, we've got a lot to get through, haven't we? Our first discussion is around the challenges in the workforce and the current grievous shortage of associates. It's a real worry, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, everywhere, from everywhere, people are reporting how difficult it is not only now to recruit dentists, which was historically difficult, uh, it's other members of the dental team that are beginning to become really scarce. And uh, it's a real worry, I think, you know, going through the pandemic and working in the PPE levels that we have done over the last 18 months has taken its toll. And Quite a lot of people seem to be reaching the point where they they don't see their future working alongside dentists in the dental team. And, you know, my colleagues are telling me it's it's incredibly difficult to to recruit at the moment. Uh, And without those members of the dental team, it's going to be very difficult to deliver dentistry. So... Uh, you know, I really hope that over the horizon there are some changes to the to the IPC and the and the SOPs and various other things that we're working to at the moment because I think everyone is is exhausted with the way that we're working at the moment. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and what we're going to touch upon today is all going to feed into workforce and the challenges around that. But from our perspective, as you can imagine, we talk to principals and associates who are buyers and they're they're launching into a practice purchase. Um, enterprise getting staff is the big one and it's very much location specific it always has been and it's ever more so now in this next piece of conversation eddie is going to be discussing targets for the nhs contract handbacks and also procurement of contracts gosh here we are again you know we we, we had a target for six months uh, and one of the reasons why the NHS England gave that target for six months is they didn't want to be uh, sort of announcing things right at the end of a period of time and to give people a bit more stability. And there we are on the evening before the end of the six month period, finding out exactly what we had to deliver for the next quarter. And we still don't even know what we've got to deliver for the final quarter. Um, so despite the fact that they had six months to talk to the BDA and to talk to Sean Charwood and as chair of the General Dental Practice Committee, again, it was a five minute to midnight announcement, which I know really frustrates many, many practices because um you know, how can you prepare for something, you know, with such little notice? I think everyone was expecting the target to go up. Um, that seems to be the trend that NHS England wants to enforce upon uh, practices at the moment, um, that they want more access, they want more patients seen. 
it's it's clear that the uh, target was going to go up um but um I think a lot of people were actually quite relieved that it was only a small increase of 5% um ra- rather than going up to some of the uh, the reported rumors that were going around of somewhere near 80% which I, I really can't see many practices getting anywhere near that in, and in fact a lot of the figures that have come out from NHS England show that there's a significant number of practices that didn't hit the target for the first six months. And that carries financial penalty to practices which are vulnerable at the moment. And and if they start taking money back in the amounts that I think they might do, more practices will be handing back contracts um, because they no longer see their future in the NHS. And that is a story I'm hearing everywhere. I'm hearing it from the the companies that um, assist dentists actually going through that transition of handing back contracts and reverting their patient base uh, to a non-NHS patient base. Um, I'm hearing that, that they've never, ever been so busy with the number of inquiries that they're getting. And I think a lot of practices found that working through the pandemic, um, they they were delivering dentistry at, at a, a more a, a achievable pace. You know, they were seeing p- patients safely, obviously, but they were seeing far fewer patients that actually delivering different dentistry to what they were doing when they were on a treadmill with the NHS. And I think it's, it's made many practices and many associates think about where, where they are going in the future. Yeah, I've seen that. And recently, I've, I've in the last week, I heard of two clients that came to us and part of the discussion planning before going to market was, I've got an NHS contract and I'm thinking of converting it all to private plan. What do you think? And this was something that really we heard very little of, but... Now, this is something that's cropping up more and more. As you say, people are thinking, you know, it's a tough road for them. So converting to private or plan is a far less stressful way and to run a business model moving forward. Yeah, some of these contracts are not small contracts. You know, I I was talking to someone in the northwest of England about two or three weeks back. And, um, you know, they've, they've, they've got half a million NHS contracts. Uh, and that that really is a very very big step to go from that to uh, uh, well with that security. Eh? Uh, I mean, we we know it's not security uh, because we know that you know having that contract and actually earning from that contract are two d- different things. But um, historically, I think it was people who had small contracts and and you know they they, they were taking it slowly out of the NHS. But uh, you know. I'm really worried of where we're going really with with NHS provision and maybe we might touch up on that. I I went to uh, to somewhere in, uh, over in Suffolk at the weekend to actually join the the most amazing thing, you know, 200 people walking around the streets of Bury St Edmunds protesting about not being able to access NHS care. It was I can ask um, you about that. Yeah, I mean it was really quite Amazing. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd contacted these people through social media uh, and I'd heard one or two of them o- on the radio. Um, I heard a, a guy on national radio talking to, uh, to Nick Ferrari on LBC and I thought what um, an eloquent speaker he was. He, he, and, and, and strangely, he wasn't blaming us as a dental profession for the problems. He was actually pretty well briefed. He, I think part of the people who were organising that rally on Yesterday were, were were retired dentists, so he'd been talking to people who knew what the problems were, um, and and the irony of it, of course, is it was in the constituency of the of the minister or the previous minister who's just recently moved um, 
from her portfolio into into another portfolio. Um, uh, you know, in 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 her own backyard, the stories I heard yesterday from patients who were who had suffered, you know, pretty clearly had suffered with a lack of access uh, and inability to actually get affordable care, um, and many of them had actually gone into serious debt to pay for simple things like just having some teeth out. Um, you know, many of the people on the march yesterday were hard-working, working-class people who didn't have a shed load of money, um, uh, yet some of them, you know, were having to borrow off friends and things or, or, or forgo on paying other bills uh, to pay four or five hundred pounds to have some teeth out. Um, and, it, and it, you know, it, sh- it shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be happening. Be happening in, yeah, should it? Yeah. I was surprised, though. I, was, I saw her on Facebook. You were in the National Press, Eddie Crouch, in, in a rally in Bury St Edmunds. And I did smile, Eddie, because um, I used to live in Bury St Edmunds briefly. My parents, my mother particularly, ran a sheltered housing, um, little tree, lots of little flats and apartments, a sort of retirement living in Bury for 18 years. So I have very happy memories of Bury St Edmunds. So you couldn't have picked a more delightful town to do a, a no, no, protest I mean, march in. The, the, the most hospitable of people, um, yeah. you know, lovely, very, very nice. Uh, and, and we stopped in a really nice hotel right opposite, uh, the, you know, the cathedral there. And um, uh, yeah. really, really... Uh, Lovely part of the world, but sadly suffering badly with. I mean, they historic historically they had poor access in that area. Um, but what what they're facing at the moment in Bury St Edmunds is is happening around the country. I mean, the the organisers have been contacted by probably eight to ten other organisations that are similar. Probably not as organised as them at the moment, but um, I guess at the end of the day, really the only thing the only people that um politicians and nhs england will listen to other public they, they're not listening to us you know, I, I wrote a letter to amanda pritchard who's taken over from simon stevens um she, she very nice reply back um but there's absolutely no urgency in that reply to actually meet me for a meeting to discuss the problems um and and those people who organized that event yesterday had actually met with the local commissioners who basically gave them some flannel about uh, organising some new contracts and tendering for some new contracts and that these contracts will be up and running next summer. Uh, but these people have got problems now. <laughs> you know, uh, next summer is Nirvana to them um, and these contracts that they're tendering at the moment are time-limited five-year contracts. Um, okay, they've got UDA values that are you know way above what, some some are receiving to entice but you know who's going to be enticed into an area that's historically difficult to recruit into um with a five-year contract with no guarantee at the end of that that you're ever going to have anything else you know it's um why 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 they're not giving out general dental service contracts in that area to try and encourage someone to actually up sticks and 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 settle and be there for the long term is beyond me. It is extraordinary when I listen to this and the frustration levels, not only for yourself, you know, as chairman of the BDA, but for everybody that you talk to, it's a stress for people. It puts people under constant stress, doesn't it? It's stressful enough running a business successfully, 
But when you have this sort of sort of Damocles over you, and as you say, these five-year contracts, how can you plan for the future, for the forward, when you're bringing in staff to cope with what you have, when there's a, there's a date at the end of it all where you potentially have to sever that and then that person has to be let go? Or... No, I mean, I, I mean, really, really troubling yesterday was there was a lady there that hit the national headlines who took 11 of her own teeth out. I mean, she's... I saw her yesterday and uh, she's clearly got really advanced gum disease. And, you know, there's several other teeth that were waving in the breeze um, that I'm sure she's going to lose any time soon. And um, because she'd been interviewed by the world's press, I mean, she'd done a, a, an interview with someone in Brazil and Australia. You know, I don't know what picture it paints of NHS dentistry in the UK. And it's been covered all over the world. But a Turkish dentist who obviously does um, restorative stuff had contacted her, offered a free treatment, provided she could get out to Turkey um, for her to, you know, because he'd been so upset by it. And uh, and they almost had a whip round yesterday for her um, yeah. to, to actually fly out to Turkey. And, and, and the poor lady's got three small, well, I think two small children. And she said, you know, as much as it's a lovely offer, what she wants is to be able to go somewhere locally where she can take yeah. her kids to as well and get the treatment that she needs. Why should she be going off to bloody Turkey to get it? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Ironic. And, of course, if she sold her story, the money she could get potentially for all that kind of media, she could end up with the best pair of Nashers that you or I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Talk yeah. about a Hollywood uh, makeover. Yeah, but it's I, an extreme I, road to get there, isn't it, Eddie? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get in touch with her again and tell her that tip. Uh, that one yeah. of Lily she Head's needs a good tips. Manager. <laughs> Send it to me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Lily oh, will look after you. Let's discuss contract reform. Well, I, I think uh, it was it's probably quite alarming for some of the practices last week that have been involved in the prototypes for quite a considerable period of time to suddenly get a letter um, to say that, you know, come come April next year, they'll be returning to uh, to normal UDA delivery out of, out of the prototypes. I'm sure um, they might have suspected that because... Um, the, the noise that's been made around prototypes was pretty clear that uh, they were losing enthusiasm and continuing with the prototypes because they didn't feel that they were delivering on what they were wanting. But uh, they were never going to deliver that. You know, if you want more patients seen, if you want a higher quality of service, if you want the patients to be risked so that the high-risk patients are being seen more often – and you want to do that in in the same envelope of money, it was always going to be a big ask. And it's no surprise that it hasn't been able to deliver all of those big asks inside the same envelope. It was never going to happen. Um, and I think a lot of those uh, prototype practices knew uh, the uh, that this was coming, but it will be a real jolt for them. I know people who have left the prototypes in the past uh, where they've had a massive problem in getting back into a UDA system because of the the the, the way that patients 
we're expecting their treatment to be delivered as they have been in the prototypes and they will have lost patients to other practices in the area and finding it really difficult to deliver UDAs coming out of the prototypes and again face massive financial penalties if they don't hit those targets. Um, We were told at the beginning of the prototyping that none of these practices would actually suffer any disadvantage and that's clearly not the case. That's a sobering thought isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, I mean, where we're going with contract reform is obviously there have been quite a lot of work groups over the summer um, following the the, the letter um, at the beginning of April from the Chief Dental Officer um, and NHS England saying that they were ramping up the speed of contract reform so that there would be some quick wins uh, that they were hoping to announce in the autumn. Well, we're in the autumn now and we need to get those announced if if there are any quick wins out there. Mm. And they were talking about, you know, serious uh, speeding up of contract reform. And I, I understand that um, we're at the point now where NHS England have taken what they wanted from the prototypes those learning exercises that they've had. They've had these meetings across the summer with lots of stakeholders. I understand NHS England are in the point now where they, they're going to enter some negotiation with the BDA on where we're going with contracts um, from April of next year. But, you know, with what we talked about earlier and with the numbers of people th- not seeing their future in the NHS, if if what they're doing... Uh, is is not looked upon as anything really uh, exciting and innovative and encouraging of people to stick with it, um, then, you know, they might be offering uh, a new NHS contract to an ever-decreasing workforce. Mm. Interesting time coming up ahead. April, you say, is that when that's going to be presented, floated uh, past the BDA? No, no, I understand that uh, uh, Sean Charlwood is probably going to go into some negotiations uh, about some initial planning um, ahead of Christmas. Um, so we haven't seen anything yet about what, what detail that might be. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm sure, um, sure Sean will keep the, the rest of the BDA you know, up to speed on, on what is being negotiated albeit that these things often come with an element of confidentiality. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there might be some themes that we might be able to talk about without the detail. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I understand it's going to be this side of Christmas that the, those talks are going to start. In this part of our conversation, Eddie is going to be going into detail about the DDRB, the Doctors and Dentists Review Body. I mean, most practices will know that their, their contracts haven't been uplifted yet. Um, mm. uh, the, the whole time scale of, of the Doctors and Dentists Review Body, I used to chair the Review Body Evidence Committee at the BDA and we used to... Um, present our evidence before Christmas and then around January or February we'd meet with the DDRB panel uh, and give oral evidence and then at the end of March they'd come up with a a recommendation on whether contracts would be changed or uplifted or what what sort of pay they were recommending for dentists and then from the 1st of April that would be implemented. We haven't had that for a long, long time. Every year it's been delayed. This year uh, they've used the pandemic yet again 
to to say that um that their evidence that NHS England put into the DDRB and the other countries to be fair Scotland Northern Ireland and Wales they were all late in putting their evidence in so DDRB met late they produced a report that was late uh and as a consequence of that their recommendations of uplift, which was a 3% uh, pay uplift for dentists, um, have not been enacted in any of... Well, apart from Wales, I think they have been enacted in Wales, but in Northern Ireland, they're historically way behind. They're almost 12 months behind having their uplifts. Um, But in England, I I suspect that this will come into contracts before the the end of this uh, year, calendar year, not the financial year. Uh, And obviously, it will be backdated till April. But for a lot of practices, if they've had changes of staff, if they've had an associate that's left from April till now... um, Effectively, that their UDAs would have been uplifted, and they should have had a pay uh, uplift as well. And that's going to be really, really difficult to organise for people like that. Um, and it's all a consequence of really poor um, timing um, within uh, the the whole thing. And and I know the chair of uh, the DDRB, uh, a fellow called Chris Pilgrim, has spoken to uh, Peter Crooks, who's my colleague at the BDA, my vice chair, who goes now as the chair of the Review Body Evidence Committee, spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and expressed his frustration on why their recommendations have still not been implemented and hoping that the process this year will be more likely to the timescale that I talked about the um you know the evidence submitted before Christmas, the oral evidence before the end of the financial year and the and the DDRB report coming out, you know, before the, the start of the next financial year. That's what we want to get back to. I suspect that we won't get anywhere back to that yet. In this part of our conversation Eddie's going to be discussing the challenges and the health and social care bill with new structures in the NHS. Yeah, I mean, this is causing some worry for a lot of people um, because um, there's going to be a new new authority within NHS England, the Integrated Care Systems and ICSs. and and how they're going to commission dentistry? I know I know the primary care trusts and NHS England in their area teams have not always covered themselves in glory in how they've actually monitored contracts or commissioned contracts. But this is an unknown uh, within the um, within the health and social care bill. It's being pretty unopposed by by any opposition spokesman. I, I met uh, I met the. Uh, the shadow minister for dentistry um, and asked whether they were on board with the the changes that were coming and they were pretty pretty clear that they they are supporting the health and social care bill so it will go through parliament on time to be introduced from the 1st of april next year and they say that some of these integrated care systems will be ready to commission dentistry from the 1st of April next year. I'm not sure how many of them will be um, and what exactly happening to the people who are commissioning dentistry at the moment. They've been reassured that their jobs are okay and secure, but they may be divided uh, because the integrated care systems will be a lot smaller in nature than the area teams are at the moment. And that may mean that they'll either have to work across, you know, larger footprints or actually be divided and work in the integrated care systems themselves. Um, But one of the things that's in the health bill that we're really pleased about is the fact that it it mentions water fluoridation. Um, 
uh, and prevention. And that's something that, you know, is long overdue. And you probably have seen that recently the four chief medical officers wrote a, a letter of support for water fluoridation. Um, and once the bill goes through, we'll see how quickly some of those projects can get off the ground. final part of our conversation, Eddie is going to be talking to me about changes at the GDC. Well, as far as the GDC is concerned, I, I had a meeting with the, um, the new chair of the GDC about two weeks ago, um, and I have to say that it was a very cordial meeting. Uh, he's a completely different personality to his predecessor. Um, he seemed to be getting up to speed fairly quickly. Um, he he was in listening mode, as many people are when they come into roles like this, uh, about the issues that are there. And there are still plenty of issues, obviously, that we know at the GDC. Um, but but I am encouraged. I'm, I'm encouraged that this is a man who I think I can do business with um, because he... He, he he understood. Uh, he, he said, you know, I'm sure you've got a list of things uh, that you want to talk to me about. And uh, I'm, I'm sure over the next few months, as he gets his feet under the table, um, there, there will be uh, a real opportunity to hopefully try and influence where the GDC still need to improve and they have improved we know they've improved but they've still got problems uh they're having recruitment and retention problems as well uh and i understand their fitness to practice uh element is 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 still struggling to recruit people into it and that will mean that people who are subject to a um a complaint will still have a a long time to actually uh go through that process and that's not that's not acceptable. We're all under huge stress and adding to that stress with something like that is just unacceptable. Um, but he was well aware of that. And um, let, let, let's see where we're going with that. Um, what have the BDA achieved in the last? Well, I mean, we're going through some election cycles at the BDA uh, and I'm encouraged by the enthusiasm of lots of people putting their names forward to actually represent their colleagues all over of the BDO. We, we don't only do general practice, we do hospital dentistry, we do uh, university education, we do students' committees, we do the armed forces committees, we do the salaried community as well. And, and lots and lots of colleagues are putting their names forward as we go into the election cycle at the end of the year. And that's encouraging to see that so many people want to actually get involved with actually representing their colleagues. So that's great news. Um, as far as the BDA are concerned, we're still uh, delivering, I think, a really good service, despite the fact that our Wimpole Street offices aren't open uh, more than a couple of days a week still. And, you know, it, it may be a while before we actually open it uh, more than that because it seems to be operating really quite well. Um, uh, we've got plans for the building at Wimpole Street to actually change the layout and possibly make um, some of the rooms more accessible for things like meetings and uh, uh, ha hopefully re rehouse the museum and the library that we've got there. Uh, those are positive things. Um, and the other good thing from the BDA's point of view is financially, uh, we took a massive hit uh, during the pandemic with loss of revenue, with um, especially from the BDJ, where we get lo lots of money from advertising there, which helps subsidise uh, members' um, uh, fees. Uh, and that's 
you know, we had to take a C-bills loan uh, to see us through that particular problem. But thankfully, things are on the turn. Um, business is beginning to return back to the BDJ. Uh, we are able now to offer some more things at, at, the, at Wimpole Street uh, and the revenue streams for the BDA are beginning to increase again. Hopefully, so we can provide you know better services for our for our uh, members. Uh, and and the really really big news is that we're developing at long last a far far better website. Uh, the BDA website uh, has had its critics over a long period of time, um, but we've engaged a, a really good organisation to update that and improve that for our members. Uh, and if anyone wants to see an example of what it looks like, if you have a look at what the BMA are offering at the moment, we're using exactly the same people who helped create their website, which is uh, very well received by the BMA uh, members. So uh, I, I'm I'm really encouraged by what the B, BDA has actually been doing for members over that period of time. Good. Sounds like you've had a busy time. It's good to hear about these wins. It's very important, isn't it? Because, you know, it can be very... It, the grind can get one down rather so if you can get some obvious wins some goals in the back of the net the BD, the, the website sounds good by the way it's it's very important to have a, an interactive easy to navigate website all too often websites are too busy they're too complex they're trying to be too clever um so i shall have a look at that that sounds very good and i do miss going to to wimpole street so it'll be nice when it's open again open for business yeah yeah i mean i i happened to be there recently um uh, and one of one of the rooms where we had at the boardroom uh, on the ground floor there, um, I was amazed by the amount of returned post uh, that was sitting there that that needs to go through recycling because when practices were closed uh, for that three month period, it's amazing how many. British dental journals were obviously not able to be delivered at, de at dental practices during that period of time and they all ended up back at Wimpole Street again um, and need to be popped down and then put into recycling but um, keep the bin men busy in Wimpole Street won't you for sure <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah fantastic well. Eddie it's great to talk to you as always thank you for your time I know what a busy man you are I always look out for you in the press it did make my day when I saw you taking to the streets in Bury St Edmunds <laughs> yeah um keep up the good work and um on behalf of all of our team I know that we always enjoy all the support you give us and all your members and so um it's great to chat to you again let's catch up again in the new year Look forward and, uh, to that. Have a good rest of the week. Thanks again. Thank you. Cheers, Eddie. Bye now. Bye bye.